why is really brand awareness. People really starting to understand, you know, who you are, build a relationship. Um, this is a first date, right? We don't, we're not going to ready to get married yet. Then getting into the consideration phase is, all right, now tell me how you're uniquely positioned to help solve. And then finally at activation and conversion, great. Now let's talk brass tacks. What are the actual tools, services, products you can offer to help deliver that? Um, but that messaging framework is, and it is a framework. It is a formula that really can infuse messaging on any platform you can imagine. My guest this week is none other than Chase Friedman, a brilliant player in the world of brand storytelling. With a unique three-phrase approach that encompasses brand discovery, identity development, and growth strategies. Chase has been instrumental in helping countless brands unearth their authentic identity and connect meaningfully with their audience. He is a passionate advocate of the philosophy that people are at the heart of any product or service, a conviction that shines through his refreshingly human-centric approach to branding. Hey, everybody, welcome to the podcast again. I've got a great storyteller. Tell us about brand storytelling. So Chase Freeman, how are you doing? I'm doing awesome. Thanks for having me. Well, thanks for being here. So what is a brand storytelling? You know, storytelling is a very encompassing term. Uh, but when we talk about brands, you know, that throws a lot of people off. Sort of, a, can you explain sort of what that is? Yeah, I mean, look, as, as human beings, as consumers, we connect more emotionally with story than any other medium, right? We buy emotionally, emotion first, logic second. And so unless you are telling a clear, a concise, compelling story and message about your brand, how can you expect to connect and resonate with audiences? Um, it really, I believe, starts with your identity, your purpose as a brand, why you exist, what you believe, beyond the bottom line, how you are uniquely positioned to do that and deliver on that. And then of course, what it is you offer and, and serve as a product or service to deliver on that good. Yeah, it, it sounds like, so this would work for individuals too. I mean, you know, an individuals and organizations, just a, a bigger one too. I believe, I, I honestly believe that it begins with in branding and brand storytelling. It begins with personal development first, understanding mm -hmm. who you are and what you are passionate about, what your purpose is, what you believe, your North Star, mm -hmm. that, that inspires that professional. Uh, pursuit and development, especially yeah, sounds, for thought leaders. Yeah. yeah, it sounds a little bit like that. Simon Sinek did a TED talk on Find Your Why, where he That's did right. this big chart and he talked about the different branding type things. This goes back to the computer days when I was Mac and PC and all that. I was I was in the fight of all that with Microsoft. Yeah, and, and they talk about Apple always started with the why, right? And and what they do sure. and they built out there, and and more, the other companies sort of did with the what. Or the how, right? And it's sort of disconnected. So it sounds like you you need to find your why, be it company or personal, and then build it up from there. Yeah, that's absolutely right. Golden circle. But you know, beyond, I believe, even kind of that prefaces the why is who. Who are you? You got to know who you are before you can know your why, right? I think that's kind of one thing that's kind of omitted in that golden circle methodology, which I still love. Um, it's all about building identity. And the Apple example they have a clear brand identity and people are loyal, rabid fans, <laughs> ambassadors of, of the brand because they feel a connection with their identity and their values. Not to get deep into the rabbit hole of brand archetypes, but that's what it's all about is really understanding not just a business from a transactional sense, but, but who are you? What is your identity? So that people can develop a real, true, meaningful, lasting relationship. Yeah, I, I sort of fell into the Apple ecosystem when they killed the Windows phone. 
So yeah, and I didn't want to go yeah. Android because they were the enemy. So <laughs> I sort of went about well, the other way. But now we it, pay, yeah, we pay more. We yeah. pay a premium yeah. for these sorts of products, not necessarily because it's the best specs mm-hmm. or quality or components or materials, but there's an elevated quality and expectation with a brand that really uh, comes from a, a core brand identity. I want to go back to the part where you said we buy from motion first and logic second. Yeah. As humans, especially very technical people, I, you know, my default would be, no, you're wrong. It's the other way around. Logic rules everything. But the, because the story connects with more parts of the brain and the emotional part of that, the the, uh, the limbic system, I believe it's called, that's actually making the decision whether you think it's logic or not. That's the, that's the first processing that we receive, right, mm-hmm. from any sort of stimulus. Whether it's something we're seeing, reading, hearing, it's processed emotionally first. Logic absolutely comes in to QC and quality control that and validate it. Um, but you can get far deeper and build a far deeper resonance and bond with someone on an emotional level with a compelling story. Now, again, I understand that people sometimes buy based on price and mm-hmm. price point and convenience. And that's great. And absolutely they do. Um, but when you're buying something, the lowest cost option on Amazon or Walmart or Target, right? You're not necessarily going back time and time again, becoming a loyal brand advocate for that low cost item, right? So that's more transactional in nature. I'm talking about building lifelong bonds with, uh, with a brand and, and, and consumers that stems from a deeper meaning beyond just, hey, we're the cheapest. Yeah, I, I was going to go there, but you covered that point excellent. Like, you know, it's like if you're cost con, you, there is no loyalty there, and and oftentimes just just if you perform, you don't earn the right to get a second chance at it. It's hey, I, they get a whim, they get an emotion comes up. Hey, I need to replace X Y Z. This is a better price, and yeah, we'll do that. That's right. Yeah, I mean, I I firmly believe, and this is there's so much great data and research coming out around this that we are in this this shift, this paradigm shift in the way people buy and work and serve, and going from more of a traditional shareholder driven capitalism model to stakeholder driven capitalism, where the power is within the people, the consumers, the employees. People want to buy from, work for, and invest in value aligned organizations more than they ever have before in history. Yeah, I, I think that's a good thing because I think just the nature of capital, because whoever has the most money wins, is not you can't sustain. Eventually, you eat everything else that's out there. When I was in, in Microsoft, it, it, it was again coming down to price, but you couldn't out Dell. Dell at the time, they drove all the profit out of the market and it drove a lot of people out of it. But you know, again, Apple succeeded, charging way more than what it was. And the product really wasn't that much. I mean, it was a little bit better, but they had nice design. It was a very personal. And Steve Jobs was, I think, the best technical storyteller I've ever seen. Absolutely. He was selling an experience, right? I mean, he was big on, yeah, absolutely right, the, the form and function of the product from really looking at the user customer journey of unopening the box, you know, how it, you pull the top off, right? And it kind of glides out, right? And the seamless experience, it comes pre-charged for you. So you can have that immediate gratification. Those nuances were, were he revolutionized the game in that capacity. Yeah. I remember when I was, again, at Microsoft was in the OEM division, but we had anthropologists would go back and watch a consumer unboxing machines. And obviously they didn't watch anybody doing an Apple because 
we're just so kludgy and you couldn't get into it right away. It wasn't a good experience. So she did. So they did that. So in, in how do you work with some? So let's start from the ground up here. You know, we're working with somebody to sort of build this brand story. Say, say they've identified their why and the who. Right. How do we start right. from there? Absolutely. So I think that's kind of the core crux of it. I think having that definite major purpose really guides everything you do strategically as a company and you need to measure against that. Um, and it becomes kind of your North Star as you grow and evolve, continuing to check in that are we being kind of clear, consistent, authentic? If you don't know where you're going, how can you ever plot to how you get there? People like to skip ahead and say, give me growth, you know, that immediate, you know, what's that growth hack? Um, you know, let's do a social campaign, a paid media campaign. Well, let's let's pump the brakes. I like to preach measure twice, cut once. So starting with that brand purpose, you know, developing that purpose statement, that mission, your values, um, then getting into brand archetypes, right? How do we flavor your brand with a real compelling personality, a tone of voice, a point of view, a perspective? And that becomes your messaging framework. Um, the way I work with with clients and businesses is really in three core phases, and I believe in them sequentially. The first is brand discovery, which is what we're talking about now. Getting clear, popping the hood, the good, the bad, the ugly, but developing your messaging, your story, and, and that roadmap for success. From there, good core foundation, moving into identity, right? Now let's talk about the visual identity, the logo, the colors, the website, the collateral that helps showcase that message to the world. And then finally, growth. Now let's pour some gas on that fire through some of these digital marketing tools and techniques. But unless you have those, those core elements in play, it's diminishing returns on what you can expect on, on, uh, on the growth side. Yeah. I, I think the, because we're focused on quarterly numbers so much rather than the longer term vision that, that sort of leads, it makes that harder to do. So what happens when, so I, I want to get into a new product line. So I've got my why and all these other things, but now I've sort of discovered that there's something that's similar or, you know, there's another service that I can pick up. Um, you know, like for example, if I'm a public speaker and I've got my speaking, I got my stage persona, but there's workshops that I can go and sort of do a microcosm. How do I make sure that again, those are consistent with the story? It's, it's like the second book of Harry Potter. It's carrying on the story. Yeah, no, that's a great point. I mean, again, going back to Golden Circle, why, how, and what, I believe those are core brand um, elements, mm -hmm. right, that exist within. Sometimes you don't even share that outwardly with your audience. But once again, measuring, using that as a measuring stick, mm -hmm. whatever medium you're deploying as a keynote speech on your website, on a webinar, in social media content, how are you tapping into at least one, if not all of those facets? Mm -hmm. You know, your unique why and brand identity, your positioning statement, your value positioning on how you do it. And then bottom of the funnel is what? You know, look at it from a customer journey cycle, mm -hmm. right? That why is really brand awareness. People really starting to understand, you know, who you are, build a relationship. Um, this is a first date, right? We don't, we're not gonna ready to get married yet. <laughs> then getting into the consideration phase, is, all right, now tell me how you're uniquely positioned to help solve. And then finally, at activation and conversion, great, now let's talk brass tacks. What are the actual tools, services, products you can offer to help deliver that? Um, but that messaging framework is, and it is a framework, it is a formula that really can infuse messaging on any platform you can imagine. What, what do you do about the, you'll always have detractors. And, and you know, like, and while I was at Microsoft, the, the, the PC versus, you know, the, the cool guy. Um, 
and actually when he did a movie, I, I couldn't get that out of my head and he had to use a PC. I thought that was just sort of a poetic justice. But yeah. <laughs> one of the diehard movies. But but how do you how do you deal with that? Yeah, you know, nobody likes to be disliked, but do you ignore it? Do you try to win them over? What what do you do? You know, I believe we we're in this crowded marketplace where there's so many brands and voices just bombarding us every single day. And our brains are wired to filter out most of that information. And this is a defense mechanism, right? right? If we let in every message that we heard and received throughout the day, we'd be paralyzed, yeah. right? So there's a natural filtering system. But what I do believe is in positive disruption for brands, right? Um, and that is really leaning deeply into, you know, what you stand for and what you don't, okay? Mm -hmm. Who we like to serve and who we don't. And that's not gonna please everybody. Right. Um, you should not aspire to be all things to every client and consumer because you're going to end up speaking to nobody authentically. Right. So I believe that if your intention is authentic and it's purpose driven and it's not just promise, but performance, you're, you're walking the talk, right? Yeah, that's okay to have detractors or people that don't love what you have to say. Mm -hmm. um, I think you need to be disruptive and divergent um because that's just going to help help you get closer and more aligned with your tribe with the people that do love what you're saying mm -hmm. yeah I, you i've heard that a lot you know you, you can't if you're pleasing everybody then you're pleasing no one i think you you said that how do you so so say we're starting this we've understand our, our why and we've got this and, and you mentioned the social media because now there's so many different channels to to share your message on right. uh, what you share on tiktok is going to be different than instagram although they're close or facebook or youtube your podcast, how do you adjust your message to it so it's appropriate for that channel? Well, I think this really goes into understanding your, your target audiences, first and foremost. What is your kind of audience and client archetypes generally? Mm -hmm. And then leveraging that against, okay, well, what elements of those demographics, what share of those audiences on the, on those respective platforms? Because each, each platform has, you know, its nuances in terms of the primary user base. So making sure that you're not bastardizing your story and telling a different one for every platform, but you're adapting it, mm -hmm. right? Um, you can still have a similar tone, a similar voice, a similar approach, um, but a lot of it is in formatting. You know, what is the medium you're conveying? LinkedIn, right? right? A little more high-level kind of thought leadership, um, B2B orientation with business leaders and, and, and employers um, versus LinkedIn, a little more casual and irreverent and, yeah. you know, selfie sort of videos, right? It's kind of peeling back the curtain. So you can be different versions of yourself, all still authentically you, but know the playground you're in. Yeah. I think that that was the biggest, that's still the biggest compliment that I get when I go meet with a customer because the podcast and the videos and stuff I do on the, are, are a side thing. They're not my main, yeah. the main business that I do. But when I go meet with somebody that has seen this and it's amazing, you know, I'll, I'll get back to that in just a minute. But when seeing this, they say, you're just like you are on your videos. And, and that's the biggest compliment I can get because, you know, right. I, I always tell them if, it, if I look different, then I've been, you know, body snatched and there's a cloner call the police, you know, cause it's not me. I can only right. be me. There's different settings, but again, like you said, it's just me. I think that's the biggest compliment anybody can get. I agree. I think that, and that's, that's clarity. That's consistency with who you are, Doug, you know, who you are, what you believe, you know, the purpose of why you do this podcast and that, that resonates through all of your communications, both virtually and in person.
you know, one of uh, a, pe- a big pet peeve of mine is I, you know, I see a lot of self-proclaimed or anointed coaches, consultants, experts, growth hack this, growth hack that. Yeah. You know, unfortunately, fortunately, unfortunately for them, you know, they do a really good job at hooking you and, and really drilling into your pain that mm-hmm. you're feeling through a video, through an ad, through messaging. And that's tactical, right? Yeah. That's a skill into itself. But where they fall flat is now it's time to engage and deliver on that. And it's a bunch of smoke and mirrors. And so it becomes two completely different experiences. The person that promised you the world and to 10X your revenue in a month, whatever it is, yeah. versus the person behind the scenes who is, you know, in some cases still trying to figure it out for themselves. They've done a good job pitching and selling, but not so good on the fulfillment side. All right, this is the good first date, but it's not marrying material. <laughs> yeah, I mean, sometimes you got to go on a couple more bad dates just to test it and see. Yeah, um, you don't always know on the first date, but um, yeah. hopefully, with a little, you know, we've got more resources now, yeah. referrals, social testimonial to truly vet it, yeah. so that you're not wasting money on these empty, shallow offers and efforts. Yeah, I, I've had a couple. I mean, I've experienced those things. I've had some bad first, first dates. Um, Cause they were just that good at, at the pitch and great. hit you at the right time. You know, you're for whatever reason, and you're emotionally vulnerable to what goes on. And I look back and logic was saying red flag, red flag. And the emotion just saying, shut up. I don't want to listen to you right now. <laughs> yeah. Because you're speaking. Oh, you're, you get me. Yeah. You speak in my pain. Yeah. You know, I feel overwhelmed or stuck or trying to grow my business. Um, but that only gets you so far. Yeah. You can only prey on that for so long. Um, and there's a way to do it where you can empathize, you know, show empathy with that. You yeah. know, hey, I've been there too. And this is what I've done for myself, for my clients. Mix with the authority. Don't just yeah. kind of go out and say, you know, I can 10x this and I've done this for this and that company. Um, where's the heart and soul behind it? Like what tells me that you are going to be a good steward or patron, whether it's a consultant or a brand um, that aligns with my values? Yeah, I've always... I've never been good at that. So living in corporate where you had to do the annual performance reviews and stuff, you got a lot of that. Hey, I did this. I did that. That's what you sort of got ranked on. And I'm mm-hmm. never comfortable doing that. Um, it, it's, for me, it was just re- it was a really hard effort to do because I thought, you know, in, in what I was doing and people saw that in engagement stuff, there was that other stuff that I was just doing day to day should be enough, should be recognized. But, you know, when you're, when you're managing 100 people, I guess it's sort of hard to do that. But I just, that was something I never was able to do. So my internal corporate brand suffered from time to time. It's, it's, like, a, it's like writing your dating profile, right? It's really hard to kind of, you know, self-reflect and evaluate yourself. Um, you know, um, some people are really good at um, yeah, hyperbole and hyping themselves and all their achievements. And, um, and some aren't, but, uh, I, I believe in action over words, um, you know, especially in story terms, you know, show don't tell, mm-hmm. I think that speaks volumes. What's, what's been your most interesting sort of turnaround when, when you came in? So you took somebody, they had no clue in all that you worked with them. They turned it and you don't have to give names, but you turned it around and they just like, they keep coming back to you. So you're, you're living, give me an example of what you were just talking about. Yeah. I mean, I think this is the case with. Um, some legacy brands that have been around for some time and, uh, you know, just kind of coasting and on autopilot without any kind of clear clarity, as well as kind of early stage startups. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the transformation goes something like this. We start to dig into some of these tough questions that a lot of entrepreneurs and owners don't ask of themselves. 
right? You know, your why, your purpose, your mission, you know, what you stand for, who is your target ideal kind of customer? And what is that value proposition on behalf of your brand? Um, you know, all those different things. And it gets a little messy at first at times, right? It, it can be a little bit overwhelming, um, but challenging, you know, the client, the brand to think deeply about this and as well as the stakeholders in their, in their ranks, right? I think mm -hmm. it's not just the founder, it's your employees, your team members from the bottom up and top down. Um, and once they start to see this crystallized together and giving them a clear framework, I'm a, I'm a proponent of, you know, the story brand framework, Donald Miller, you know, start with your kind of hero, your character faces a problem, guide stakes, which is cool because it's, it, it's story yeah. <laughs> architectural from yeah. eons way before him or anybody yeah, else, Exactly, but it, works for, but it works for brands. Once they start to see that clearly, and a lot of people come to the table, oh, we're not good storytellers. We don't know how to tell a story. Yes, you do. Yeah. It's in your DNA. Yeah. Since before you were born and everything you've ever watched and listened to up until this point, you just need a clear framework. And once we right. can provide that for them, it becomes much more of kind of connecting the dots or that constellation yeah. of who they are, what they represent, and providing them that, again, that bedrock, that framework. Mm -hmm. It's like this weight of the world lifts off their shoulders. Yeah. It's like, oh, I finally feel confident in pitching what it is I do and what my business is, whether that's the friends or family, or, you know, finally our team is not going to speak our message in a thousand different ways. Yeah. Um, or, Hey, we're clear. So now our clients can be clear because yeah. before, if, if we don't know what we stand for and represent, how can we accept, ex expect them to, to understand? Yeah. And, and you know, when I grew up, you know, I read, Hardy Boy's books. And I read these, and I read, you know, I'm a big book reader because I didn't have entertainment in the palm of my hand. I didn't have all this other stuff. And I, and I think we're, you know, you're probably busier today because nobody teaches those skills and they don't develop. I mean, you don't have to teach it again. You're right. We're born with to tell stories and listen to stories. But if we don't work that exercise, that muscle, we just, we sort of lose that capability. So you're probably pretty busy today. We, we, yeah, we do. Um, <laughs> We, we're again, we're bombarded by information. The yeah. culture of content consumption is binge at yeah. all costs, right? It's quantity over quality. Um, and so a lot of times we're mindlessly watching and consuming. We're not thinking deeply about the messages, the arcs, the story, the characters behind it. But I'll tell you what demystifies it is having a really good, clear framework. Because I guarantee you, most of these, you know, business owners, entrepreneurs, leaders, they have the wisdom, they have the knowledge within, we got to kind of extract it. It's a little bit like therapy, it really is, um, within a clear framework that makes sense for them so that they start to see their own story and journey and narrative and get excited about it because it's, hey, this is a proxy for, you know, Star Wars or my yeah. favorite movie, right? Similar sort of, you know, core beats and elements. Yeah. Um, who knew, right? Yeah. It was there all along. Yeah, that's that's an interesting take. You have to sort of clear all the clutter out of their head, all the stuff that's bombarding, clear the way and sort of chisel. It's like a big, big piece of granite you're chiseling out the sculpture out of, right? It's in their vision. You help them chip that out. It is. And it, and and sometimes you got to hold the mirror up and say, take a look. You know, yeah. what do you see? Is this what you want to be? And this is what you want to become. And you're there's also getting real and honest with not just the customers you think you're serving or intend to serve, but who you can best serve and who really need what you are offering mm -hmm. as well as your stakeholders, your employees. Right. Yeah. I think this, this sort of story and purpose driven messaging needs to start from the inside out. Yeah. 
Right. And if you can get people in your organization, your stakeholders to buy into that, they'll be your frontline ambassadors. They'll go and, sh and willingly share that story with their friends and network and peers because they're proud to be a part of that journey. Yeah. Yeah. I I've done the same thing. So, so Chase, thanks for explaining this sort of, sort of magic <laughs> to us, sure. but how do best get a hold of you if they want to work with you? Um, let's have a conversation, you know, okay. find me on LinkedIn, connect with me on LinkedIn. Um, whether you've got clarity or you're seeking it, or you don't even know where to start, um, find me on LinkedIn. You can check out our website, vanquishmediagroup.com. We've got some good resources, blogs, kind of eBooks around it, but it starts with just a, a getting clear conversation. So happy to have that. Cool. I like that. Now we'll put all that stuff in the show notes. So Chase, thanks a lot. Keep, keep telling good stories. Likewise. Appreciate you, Doug. Thanks. Hey, I hope you enjoyed that episode as much as I did recording it. Always have such great guests and learn a lot with them. So please follow up, look in the show notes, catch up with them. And also I've got some links in there. Please follow me if you want to connect on other social medias. I'm the Doug Thompson everywhere. But more importantly, please go back to wherever you listen to this podcast and give us a five-star rating and give us a review. And hey, share it with your friends. That really helps us grow the podcast so we can get more listeners and get more great guests on here as well. Until then... Thanks again for listening because that really means the most to me and have a great day.